And welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This week, episode 77, season 2, episode 23, the end of the book of Exodus. This week's portion is Pekudei. We have reached the end of the second book of the five books of Moses for the second time. So congratulations to all of us. Uh, this has been a long road, but really we're, 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 making, we're making strides. We're really moving along. We're learning a lot, and I appreciate every single one of you for being with us. Our topic this week, measuring success. This is a big topic because it's super important to be able to know how far you've come with anything that you've done. And having a, a metric, some sort of a measure, a way to see improvement or results or success is really the marker that tells you that you've actually accomplished anything. And the question becomes then, how do I measure success? What are the measures that I could use that measure my success? And the truth is, there's no one answer to this question. I was just at our son's baseball game. Baseball and sports, there are certain metrics that tell you whether a team is good or a player is good or a player isn't good or a player needs to improve. Team is good if they win more games than they lose. A team is great if they win championships. A team is not great if they lose a lot of games. Right? That's sort of an obvious metric. But the truth is about sports, let's geek out here for a second about baseball, that over the last number of years, the measure of who is a successful player has in fact changed with the onset of a massive amount of data and analytics. The ability to measure every single move, every single pitch, every single throw, every single swing has changed in many ways, the way in which we view someone being impactful or successful. And so it is, to a very large degree, subjective. And the reason we're talking about this specific topic this week is because in the last section of the book of Exodus, we read about the completion of the Mishkan, the tabernacle in the desert by the people of Israel. And ultimately, its establishment, and it's being put into use. And so it's interesting from a different perspective, other than focusing in on that, which we're going to focus in more on just a second, is the concept of success here specifically in measuring it. Because as the, sec as the portion begins in chapter 38, the Bible describes all of the things that the people of Israel brought and dedicated to the building and the fashioning of everything that went into the tabernacle. And it counts it. So we get the amount of gold and the amount of, you know, stones and the amount of materials and the value and all that stuff. And you can calculate how much it's worth. It's an enormous sum. It's an amazing, it's an amazing feat. The people of Israel have been able to donate that much. It's oversubscribed. Last week's portion, we learned about the fact that the people brought more than they needed. Never words that have left the mouth of a fundraiser. More money than we needed. But in fact, it's the case here that this project is oversubscribed. And so is that the measure of success in the fact that in the building of the tabernacle, more people provided more items 
and more materials than they actually needed. That could be a measure of success. It's not different than when you're at work or at home and you're working on a project. And so how do you measure the success of the project? How do you measure your improvement? How do you determine stamp this is successful or this wasn't successful? How do you look at it from the terms of impact? What's the standard? Is the standard the amount of materials that are brought, the accounting of all the materials? Maybe. Is the standard that ultimately everything worked and they were fashioned and it was built and it looked the way it was supposed to look? Maybe. Is the measure the presence of God at the end of the book resting in that location? Could be that's that, that it's that. And so just in this section of the Bible, there are multiple ways to look at and determine the measure of the success. And so that's sort of the question is for us in our own lives, in our own world, with respect to how we measure success, because it's important that as the famous quote from Peter Drucker, famous management consultant, coach, so on, personal development guru, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. But beyond that, if you can't measure it, how do you know you did anything? It's almost like the sort of proverbial tree falling in the woods kind of an idea. How do I know I accomplished anything if I can't measure what I accomplished? And too often is the case that we really have no idea of whether or not we did anything because we have no idea how to measure it. And the reason is because first and foremost, when we're trying to establish how to measure success, we have to first establish point number one here this week what exactly are we trying to measure? What are we trying to value? What are we trying to look at? What's the goal that we're looking at? Is it the success of a project? Is it a team winning uh, in sports? Uh, is it a nation trying to build a temple to its God? What's the item itself? What's the goal itself? So first and foremost, we talked about this way at the beginning of the year was establishing goals. We talked about it multiple times. First, when we did the new year pledge, that whole idea that I talked about, that worksheet, the workbook, about establishing goals for the year. Then I talked later on, we learned a little bit together about how to set goals, how to think about goals, how to establish those goals. That was important. I wrote a couple of, about a month or so ago, on LinkedIn about the subject of goals, and very key was ultimately measuring the metric of your success. So how do you measure it? Here's an example. Recently worked on a project, it was a fundraising campaign for an organization that's pretty good at fundraising every year. And this year, they raised in their campaign approximately or slightly more money than they had in the past. And so one would look at it and think that wasn't so successful because well, they didn't raise a whole lot more money. However, that wasn't the metric. The metric was, can we take a certain group of donors and increase the amount of money that that specific group of donors donates, and can we get more people into that group? In that measure, it was wildly successful. And so that's sort of how you have to look at things, is what is the metric, the goal that we're trying to establish, and come around and figure out what it means and its value and its impact, we have to establish it. Here's another great example. It actually comes from sports. It's a story I heard a number of years ago from a coach 
who was coaching in a game that he believed he had no business coaching in. He was coaching at a very high level of soccer, and he was coaching against like a national team. And his team went out and they won the game three to nothing against a national power. And he was thrilled. He was like so excited. His team won, they won three to nothing. He was amazed. And then sometime later, he ran into the coach that he had coached against. And he was telling him how proud he was of his team in terms of that they won that match and they won that game. And the other coach started to laugh. And the reason he started to laugh is because he, the losing coach, also actually thought his team was successful that day. And he measured it as a victory for his team. Why? Because his focus wasn't the final score. His focus was how many passes between his players did they have? How many, how much time did they control the ball during the course of the game? The ability to get some players who don't normally play into the game and get them some meaningful minutes in the game. And for him, it was success. And that first coach, the one who had won the game, realized that they were playing two different games and therefore measuring completely differently. And so it's important for us to keep in mind always again, what exactly is the measure? How do we look at these things? When we talk about work, so people often talk about the concepts of uh, what's called OKRs and KPIs. OKRs are objectives and key results. What's the objective? What's the key result? The key result will be that which tells you that you've actually fulfilled and met the objective. KPIs, key performance indicators, things that are showing you that you're actually performing, that you're maybe that you're on pace, that the progress is good, that your uh, momentum is positive. There are a lot of ways to measure every single thing. What's most important is that in fact, we try to measure them. Can we measure everything? Probably. It's just a question of sitting and thinking and pondering and wondering about what exactly is the metric that I'm looking for, for the success that I'm trying to accomplish. And so it's so important to think about. So here's an example that's very different. Uh, recently, I saw a video, read an article by Simon Sinek, who I've mentioned here a number of times. He wrote the book, Start With Why. He talks a lot about the concept of why. But recently, when he was talking, he was asked about measuring success. He talked about momentum. He was looking for a way to measure momentum in ultimate project success. Why? Because he said, you'd look at it, if you generally speaking, think about just the goal, and we don't care about how we got to the goal, as long as we got to the goal, so then we're not exactly measuring complete performance and efficiencies. What ends up happening is typically speaking, you set a goal, you set a bar high, and a person gets to that goal, and it's sort of like, looks like, uh, you know, the, size, the seismic measure, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. There's a good moments and bad moments, a good moments and bad moments. And the person then, as long as they got to the end, that's all that mattered. And as he said, in most cases, because they got to the end, the person gets a bonus. But a person who sort of has a, you know, more classic incline, consistent improvement over time, regular steps towards the goal, but doesn't ultimately hit the goal now, but hits the goal, let's say six months from now, doesn't get the bonus now because they didn't hit the goal. But maybe we should look at their momentum and their progress and the approach and their efficiency and their effectiveness and the, let's say, the ability for their team to still breathe as they're working through the project and it's less frenetic and less painful and less difficult, maybe that's the measure. And so maybe it's not always a measure of financial success. Maybe it's a measure of people. Maybe it's a measure of other numbers. Maybe it's like the example I gave before about the fundraising campaign, where it was looking at specific groups 
of support and not the overall picture necessarily. There are a lot of ways to sort of look at these things. There's a lot of ways to cut it. From the standpoint of the Bible, having donated all those specific items for the purpose of building this temple in the desert, so that is worthwhile. It's an amazing thing that they were able to accomplish it. That they all then also volunteered to do the work to help build it. Amazing. Having then built it and it looks the way it's supposed to look and looks the way Moses believes it's supposed to look, the way God envisioned it for Moses, success. But if at the end of the day that they had done all that work and the presence of God does not rest on that location, it would seem that that wasn't then successful. And so it seems to me clear that what takes place at the end of the Bible section here, at the end of uh, chapter 40, that when God does rest on that location, that that would be the ultimate indicator, stamp of approval, for lack of a better term, that shows that, in fact, that this endeavor was successful. So there is clearly, in this case, a more direct measure of what is success. But for us in our own lives, in our own worlds, it's a question really thinking about all the different ways that we can actually be successful, but simply the idea that we should actually measure it. Here's one example. It's a quote from John Wooden, famous basketball coach from UCLA, probably the greatest coach of all time, who said as follows, true success is attained only through the satisfaction of knowing you did everything within the limits of your ability to become the very best that you are capable of being. Now that's not measured in dollars and cents. It's not measured in points. It's measured in that case of ability versus accomplishment of having done everything possible that a person could do to accomplish everything a person could possibly accomplish, leaving nothing on the table. Very sort of sports-oriented, but really beyond that, in the sense of, did I leave anything out? The hope is that you don't. But here's another measure of success, which is really different. There's a video that's on YouTube of Warren Buffett talking about measuring success, and he's measuring success from a different framework. He's older, so he's measuring it from the framework of life. How was I successful in life? How is a person successful in life? How do you view that? So he, very wealthy person, is that the measure? He would say no. And so he tells a story of a friend of his who's a survivor of Auschwitz and how she measures the success of her own life. And she lost, obviously, a lot of family during the war. And she measures success by the level of love and the relationships that she has. Buffett goes on to talk about the idea of, the, of how many people mourn you when you're gone. It's a measure of a successful life. Talk about how many people, and it's sort of a morbid on some level, but how many people are in attendance when you pass at your funeral? How many people remember you the year after? And so in the case of this woman, actually, what he says is she measures the success of the relationship with the following. If this was Europe in the 40s, would this person hide me? That's like unbelievable. Would that person be willing to hide me in their home to rescue me, to save me, to safeguard me from the Nazis? And that, for her, was the measure of success of that relationship. Now, you can't put a number on that. And so the reality of measuring is that it's not 
it's not limited to numbers. There's a lot of ways to measure things. To sort of lighten it up for just a moment here, if you're looking at someone losing weight, so often it's the case of a person gets on the scale, they lose weight. For me, I don't like to get on the scale. I know that I've lost weight. I can sort of see it on my face. I can see it in if my pants fit a little bit better, if my shirts fit a little bit better, if I'm able to get up and down the steps a little bit better. That's not measured in numbers. That's measured in feeling, in effect, in what you can actually see physically around you. And so there's a lot that we can do around how we measure things and how we do things. And it's important first, as I said, first and foremost, is to establish what exactly we're trying to measure. What is the goal that we're trying to put out there, the impact we're trying to have, and then measure based on that. And then look at, am I going to measure based on my ability to maybe overcome certain stumbling blocks or obstacles, and that's my measure of success? Or look at that I'm going to get further than I got last time? Or look at the actual impact. How many lives have I actually impacted with this? And therefore, look back and say, that was successful. Maybe that's the driver for you, impact. Maybe it's some sort of a, you know, a leading indicator in terms of your progress, in terms of the work that you're doing, or a lagging indicator, something that happens at the end that simply is reflective of everything that happened during the course of your work. So first is the establishment of the goal. Then is the establishment of the metric that you want to use to determine whether or not that you were successful in what it is that you wanted to do. Seth Godin, who's a famous, famous marketer, written a number of books, very interesting person, said the following. A useful metric is both accurate in that it measures what it says it measures and aligned with your goals. Don't measure anything unless the data helps you make a better decision or change your actions. And so really what's happening here is it's self-determinant. It is subjective. And it's important that we do, in fact, measure things. Because ultimately, ultimately, if it is that we want to improve, we want to make our lives better, we want to be more successful, we want to accomplish more with our time on this earth, then it is that we have to look at and measure what it is that we have accomplished versus what it is that we want to accomplish, and then reestablish what it is that we want to do, and then go from there, and then move the metric to a place into a space that ultimately makes us better. That is Coaching with the Bible for this week. That closes out the second book of the five books of Moses, the book of Exodus, with a concept really important, really crucial in terms of how it is that we measure success. See you next week in Coaching with the Bible.